musk ox musk ox i was listening to uh this band called musk ox today and it was it was beautiful it was beautiful guys i don't know if you know this but um i'm i'm a big fan of new music when when new music comes out I want to listen to it specifically heavy music as it's well documented that I, I like the, the more more metal side of things however I've been known to dabble in folk music good stuff good stuff and when I say folk I don't mean like uh, kind of southern kind of country folk that kind of stuff I mean getting into like all, all the acoustics and woodwinds and stuff from like other cultures I, I find it very fascinating especially like uh, Celtic folk music Musk ox, they do folk. It's great. So it's Instrumental like, folk. Is it like a lu? Is it luvatai? L- lots of, uh, well, sort of luvatai, but minus the, the metal. It, it's got like that the metal soul to it, I guess. But it, it's very much like acoustic, chill folk music. And I was listening to it today, and it was hitting all the right notes for me, literally and metaphorically. And I was sitting here thinking, man, this this right here is what music needs to be for Matthew Thompson right here this minute like it it was just it was perfect it, w- it was audio nirvana so no no i thought you were talking about elon musk cow oh yeah i felt like i needed to to elaborate real quick on that uh but the point that i'm making here is that's what was really making my clock tick today on friday tickling your goozle sure <laughs> it was really hitting the right notes for me this week but you see Give it three or four days. I'm going to get tired of it. I'm going to take it out of my rotation because I'm a very impatient man when it comes to music. I don't listen to the same stuff for very long. And I'm, I'm going to be thirsting for that next musk ox. But it's not going to be musk ox. It's going to be something else. I don't know what it is yet. So I was kind of waxing philosophical this morning because I was thinking about the, the endless chase for, for quality music that just makes me go, man, this, this, this is good stuff. It made me think, how, how many things, how many forms of entertainment do we, do we consume that that's, that's a thing? The chase, to find something good. And then when you find that, that something good and it clicks, it feels real good. It makes you happy. But it doesn't bring you joy. And I was thinking about that in relation to, to Christianity, to the wonderful Jesus Christ that we follow and want to be more like. And it made me think of how like privileged I am to have been saved at a young age that I, I never knew about like the chase in terms of finding Christ. Like I never, fortunately, like I, I can't stress enough, like I just feel absolutely blessed to not have, have gone through this, uh, of having that search take place, but not having anyone present that good news to you. You know what I mean? Like that, that joy versus happiness thing. Like we, we want to find happiness in life, but I mean, you can't, you can't really find it because stuff of the world can only sate you for so long. I mean, Scripture confirms that. So it made me think about, like, how does that operate on the higher level of trying to find Christ when no one's brought it to you yet? Do, do you have thoughts on this, or is this just me, me being weird this week? So you do not. Uh, so where do you align when, when uh, Jesus is on the Sermon on the Mount and he says in Matthew 5, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be fulfilled. Yeah. So we're talking about the thirstiness and the drive for that fulfillment. And <clears throat> there's times where that has been quenched, but where does that quenching take hold? I've heard this explained a couple times in, in different ways, uh, and, and I love the analogy of like the thirsting, the way that Jesus describes it on the Sermon on the Mount. But then spiritual hunger and physical hunger have kind of like the same type of parallelisms but yet are kind of very like a dichotomy against each other as well like physical hunger is that like you have growing pains of like in your stomach and like it's nutrition that you need and so if you don't eat you get more hungry and hungry the more and and if you don't eat any further and any longer you get hungry and hungry and your body starts dying and stuff like that and by the time it's like oh my goodness I'm just so distraught that, like, I need food now. And then once you eat that food, oh, you're full, and you're not hungry anymore. You're not hungry anymore until you're needing that food again. Well, spiritual hunger, I've noticed it in, in the sense of, like, you eat the food, the spiritual food that you need, and it quenches you and it makes you full, but yet it's also driving you for more of it. And the thing is, though, if you don't have that spiritual food, that fulfilling 
and you're not eating, that hunger is going to go away. And so it's kind of like, okay, well, if you're not eating spiritually, then you're not going to be hungry. And the same thing goes the other way. If you're eating spiritually, you're going to get full, but you're also going to be more hungry for it. So that's where Jesus, he talks about, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be fulfilled. Yeah. And thinking about all that in frame with, again, lo- looking for that, that quality music that's really going to, uh, it's really just going to tick all my boxes. Or, or maybe you're looking for that perfect movie to, to settle in on the weekend and watch. Maybe you're looking for that perfect TV show. Or the show. Rings extended cut. Well, all right, there we go. Problem solved. Uh, Listen, that, hit, that hits all, <laughs> all the benchmarks. Listen. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit extended cut. You know, we're talking 11 to like plus hours of content here. Beautiful, beautiful We're stuff. not sponsored. We're, I don't care. We're not. Listen, I will freely give this information out. Listen, people, if you want to watch this, I encourage you. I'll give you my Amazon account to watch it. Uh, be careful, there, Tanner. You're getting into dangerous territory. We okay, got, yeah. there's, there's those two Australians out there that might. Uh, uh, okay, well, I don't, I don't want you just buying random <laughs> movies or, or stuff off of Amazon and and arriving at home. Yeah, but thinking about the the joy in finding good music, and by extension, that infinite joy of of having Christ in my life, like knowing that I don't have to doubt, uh, like what's going to happen when I die. Or why am I here? Like all all these answers and more can be found in Scripture, a book a book of truth. Like I I don't remember ever having to look for that, and it makes me think like there there's plenty of people out there, a depressing amount of people out there that don't have that truth, that have not discovered that truth, or if it has been presented to them, they have rejected it for the time being. Hopefully they'll come to their senses, but for the time being, not there. So then it baffles me even more that people would reject this truth and actively seek to trash it. That brings us to today's episode. You know where people find truth then? Where do they find it? Mimi's. They, they do. It's unfortunate. You see, I don't know if y'all knew this, but um, we live in the age of Internet. It's, it's kind of taken over. Uh, although you might not be aware of this, the Internet's been around since like the mid-90s. Before that, depending on what your definition of Internet is. Uh, but it's, it's really taken over the world in the past couple decades. Like we, We've grown up with it. Uh, and it's grown up with us. So I would like to think that compared to most people over our age, we got, we got a pretty decent handle on it. And people under our age are running circles around us. Like, that's just, that's just how it works. So people these days, they, they communicate in what colloquially... Oh, man. I, I thought for sure I was going to be able to say that word on the first try. Colloquially known as memes. Which, a meme can be a lot of things. It can be a video. It can be a, it can be a song be a picture but I think most people when they think of memes they associate it with some sort of picture that got got some text on the top and text on the bottom what's referred to as an image macro and a lot of ideas are gotten across on the internet using these things and of course the videos and songs that memes are how information travels these days you you've got even uh like journalists news corporations they try to get stuff across that way everybody's got a TikTok these days like Businesses have TikToks. Like that's, that's hilarious to me. Memes have taken over. So what better way to try and trash our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ than through the internet using memes? Today, we're going we're gonna to take a little dive into the mind of the, the atheist basement-dwelling neckbeard. <laughs> After that long intro, welcome to Cross Training! <laughs> I completely forgot I didn't do the intro. <laughs> When we look at faith and practice through a biblical lens. I got lost in the musk ox. <laughs> you did get lost in the musk ox. Elon Musk got you defuddled there. Yeah. Um, that, man, yeah, I didn't say cross. Yeah, shame on me. I'm usually better about that. I'm terribly sorry. Get out. Uh, fine. Sorry. Get out. But we're your host. I'm Tanner Higgins. I'm Mason Simmons. And I'm Matthew Thompson. You can come back. You're 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 not disqualified. I'm so lost. What the heck? Okay. I didn't know we were starting. I didn't right. know why he was talking. <laughs> Wait, did you not notice that I was like I was talking to the microphone the whole time? Oh yeah, no, I definitely noticed, but I was so lost about what the heck was. I was, I, I got lost quick. It was out of nowhere. I was not ready for it. I was just slurping on my little slushy. <laughs> Elon Musk. I was thinking. I wrote it down. This this that was an intro I prepared. 
See my notes. Prep for. But you didn't even oh, put. Wait, you didn't oh, yeah, even say no, cross training. He says intro, but you didn't even do the yeah, intro. You're the one that always does that. Yeah, I said intro, but I didn't write down cross training. Shame. So let us lie. down. Shame. I tried my best. This is. You see, this is what happens when I write down my notes. It messes me up more than it helps me. All right. Well, we've managed to have ten minutes of nonsense. So. All right. So we're, we're going to talk about memes. Like that. That wasn't a joke. We we are going to talk about memes because. The dankest of memes. Meme, memes have power. It, it's a. It is so strange to be saying these sentences out loud. Like it's wild that in the year of our Lord, 2021, I'm talking about <laughs> memes in a completely, um, unironic fashion. They're they're out there. They're they're everywhere. So what's the definition of a meme per se? Like what? Because I mean, a, a lot of our boomer audience doesn't understand <laughs> uh, what a meme or a meme is per se. So what is the definition of a meme? An element of a culture or system of behavior that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic memes, especially imitation. Yeah, memes have been a thing before, like internet memes. Yeah. Like it's a concept that uh, transcends or predates the internet. Uh, so here's the little sub-definition: a humorous image, video, piece of text, etc., that is copied, often with slight variations, and spread rapidly by internet users. Gotcha. So here's a, here, here's the thing. And like you said before, when it comes to uh, almost memes are used. Uh, what? Apparently meme has been used very frequently since 1800. Like yeah. used the same amount in 1800 as it is in 2020. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, memes are a, a widely dispersed thing. I mean, and it's one of those things that like a meme only lasts for like less than a week and, and it transcends and it goes up and down and, 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 it, and it vanishes and stuff like that i mean you can't really get rid of some of these older memes but a lot of a lot of times memes are to poke fun and jeer at each other or a, a certain culture or somebody of that of, of differing opinion and one of the funniest ones that i can i can think of in the sense of like why we're talking about this is the atrocious memes against Christianity from atheists. And this is one reason why we're talking about it today is because it's just crazy dumb, in my opinion. A lot of these memes that we're going to talk about today, and don't worry, if you go to our Facebook page and stuff like that and the TikTok, we'll give you some uh, imagery, and we'll try to explain it today. But, like, it's just the the absurdity of some of these memes are just mind-boggling to the believers. One last bit of explanation before we get into this, because I just I want to make sure because this is this is a topic that I feel can be really easy to not take seriously, and we're pro- we're gonna have our laughs. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm I'm 100 ready to make fun of these people that, that made these memes. But let's let's put our, our serious hats on for at least a minute. Uh, since memes are everywhere, like most younger people, like fill their time with looking at memes. Like, it's a legitimate internet pastime at this point. Like, you're scrolling through your feeds, you see your funny pictures, you have your laugh, whatever. Well, making fun of Christians on the internet is a tale as old as the internet itself. Like, the internet is a terrible place, filled with lots of terrible people. And the second that you slap anonymity on them, they become even worse, even more terrible people. Well, like, wasn't, let me, ask, let me ask this question, was uh, one of the first atheist memes or Maymays was in Antioch when they called people that followed the way Christians. Is that not something to, to jeer? Well, people that follow Christ in Antioch in Scripture, it says they were first called Christians in Antioch. Was that considered a meme? Nah, I mean, it really does depend on, like, where the line is, like a, a concept that's passed on by non-genetic memes. I mean, that, that's just language. Meme, memes are language. They've been language. They're a part of language. Well, I mean, you can see some of these pictures and stuff like that, and like it's conveying a message uh, without really saying anything. Yeah. And so a lot of these things are saying more than what uh, is being relayed, and a lot of it's not very creative. Yeah. But uh, the big point, the big takeaway that uh, that I think this episode is going to have, or that I hope that it has, uh, our, our listeners elect out there, maybe you have kids. Or, or maybe you, there are children in your life, whether they be relatives or you're uh, going to a church or a school that has people younger than you there. They're exposed to the internet. The internet's a horrible, horrible place. I swear, we need we need licenses to be on that sucker. Like it, it's it's terribly unregulated. It's, the it's internet's of the devil, right? Terrible. It, it 
it is a dark place. <laughs> Sarcasm. They're going to be seeing the stuff that we're going to talk about today, and maybe they don't they don't take it seriously. Maybe. I hope they don't. But maybe that's the sort of thing that is capable of shaking their faith a bit. This is a serious thing. Like, if you are exposed to something enough over a period of time, like, it's going to latch in your brain. So I think it's it's good for even these basic, like, little gotcha memes that people like to throw out on the Internet to, to make fun of Christians, say that uh, Christianity is false, that say that Scripture is false, to say that the, uh, Jesus never walked the earth. Like, it's good to have a concrete foundation in your belief system. Like, not only do I know that that's a lie, not, not only do I know that this, this meme that's trying to disprove my faith is a lie, I know why it's a lie. And because I know why it's a lie, it's going to affect me that much less. So I think, I think that's what will, uh, in serious terms, be at the heart of this episode. So issue number one is figuring out how to talk about pictures on an audio-only <laughs> format. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can put this in the show notes or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll definitely put these on uh, the, the Facebook page uh, prior uh, to this episode going out for the fact that so, we, so you know what we're talking about. So if you want to know what these, these are, these are uh, you can go back to our Facebook page to, to see what the, exactly they are. Uh, the first one I'd like to talk about that really just got me wanted to talk about this topic was one that I just thought was just a, just mind-boggling to me, which all of these are mind-boggling. So the first one uh, is is it a Con- Kanye West? Oh no! Is this, oh, we're is off it, to a rough start. It's Drake. It's Drake. Drake whatever. It's Drake. Who, whoever. But it's the no. Nah, I won't take that. But I like that. So the first thing it's 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 Mary saying no. Nah, I don't like that. Admitting you cheated on your husband. But then it's like, yeah, creating an entire religion to explain why you're pregnant with another man's kid. So here this meme is 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 trying to say that Mary created and fabricated Christianity just to cover up that she cheated on her husband, uh, Joseph, with another man, and she's pregnant with another man's child. So this meme, to me, is probably the first one that just triggered me pretty, pretty harshly. So... I labeled this Mary as a cheating meme. So this meme is 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 based on the assumption that the virgin birth is noted to be a singular event with no formal validations through prophecy or any anything. It's a singular top one thing. So the first thing I want to make mention is that Mary was not even married when she was pregnant before she was even pregnant. So in the mind of her future husband Joseph, Mary had sex with another man out of wedlock. So if, if you put yourself in Joseph's shoes, he's engaged to this woman, and she becomes pregnant. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, she must have had, a, had sex with a man out of wedlock. You know, we're not even married yet. So, and to show the character of Joseph and who Joseph is, Jewish law at its worst could have had Mary even stoned because she was pregnant out of wedlock. But Joseph did not want to shame her in any way but to sh- to, to just silently call off the engagement. And Matthew calls him a righteous man and, and says that, you know, let's, let's just call off the engagement, just put her away, and I just I won't have anything to do with her. Uh, so he, there, there's the first thing I want, I want to stand against that. So the second thing is the steadfastness of Joseph, is that in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24, or 25, it shows the difficulty that Joseph had, and it says that he was going to call off the engagement and privately and, and until he encountered an angel. And if it was about shame and Joseph shaming her or the shamefulness of this, he would have slept with Mary ASAP to make people think that it was his and done it in wedlock. But no, he did not have sex until Jesus was born to give no doubt that the child was not his, but of divine descent. Now, here, here's the thing. This, this meme automatically assumes false reality of what scripture actually says was going on at that time completely because they weren't even married when she was pregnant and two it shows that there was there there was basically a uh a one-time event that this is the first time that a woman has ever had sex out of wedlock and got pregnant that this she created a whole religion based off of i got pregnant to me that's a very weak assumption behind this meme i think you're missing the biggest problem with with this meme in my opinion for this meme to to function as an accurate critique of the christian religion you have to completely throw away the fact that mary and joseph were a couple of absolute nobodies like that that would be like someone man i feel like i'm too famous to even qualify for this (laughs) like just taking some random dude off the street and be like okay start a religion 
like I want I want you to write something up and it needs to stand the test of time for hundreds of years after now. Like you you really think that that Mary and Joseph like that was one of the points of Jesus being born to to a lowly family and being a lowly person himself. Like you couldn't have this stuff in a question. If you had like the uh, back then equivalent of the Kardashians having this situation, oh, be be a much more um, well, not as good of a, a testimony on Jesus's part. I mean, it would. I mean, I'm not saying like like you said, it'd be more of a scandal. Like if it was David and Bathsheba, which that was a huge oh, scandal. Yeah. Okay, that was yeah. that was huge. That was a, a shameful event altogether. Uh, and I think you can somewhat compare it to that almost in the sense of way that the the atheists view this relationship and this pregnancy versus the pregnancy of David and Bathsheba. That yeah, that's a lot of shame going on there, and there's a lot of scandal there. But yet with Mary and Joseph being a bunch of just basically nobodies, but somebodies in the eyes of God that through the descendant, that Joseph is a descendant of David, royalty, and also a a Mary who is of the seed of of humanity. And so what does the Old Testament say? I mean, we got validation here that this isn't just a a, a one-time thing that occurred, and they said, okay, well, I'm just going to make a religion based off this. So the Old Testament, back in Genesis chapter 3, it's promised that the seed of, of a woman would be the victor over Satan and sin. And so here the pregnancy of Jesus or the pregnancy of Mary that conceived Jesus is the promise that the savior will come through man, will come through flesh and blood. And then in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it gives a clearer picture. It says, "Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel," which is translated God with us. And so it goes even further. Not only will it become from a woman, and and God will become man, but He will come through a virgin birth. And some have debated in uh, this verse that Isaiah, uh, that some of the translations means young maid or young woman young married person and some people say well no it's not talking about a virgin it's not a virgin birth but a young handmaiden and the term alma is translated either way in this text but the context leans towards a virgin do the fact i'm sorry but a young woman being pregnant is not very miraculous or very showy to a divine god comparative to a virgin birth i'm sorry guys anatomy 101 you know you can't have a baby without intercourse in in our standards and in the, in the regularity of things. You can't have a baby without sex. But here, for Christ to come through flesh and blood to save us, to do the thing that he set up to do, he had to come through a divine way. And so why is the virgin birth important? And this is one thing that this is one of the things that we we announce as a, a firm believing thing. This is part of the Nicene Creed that Jesus came of a virgin birth. Why is it important? From a virgin birth, or are you talking about like the point that the atheist is trying to make because she's not married? I don't. I want to know which way you're going with this. I have an answer for one way and not for the other way. So obviously, the atheist doesn't think that this is even possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they're de- they're denying they're atheist, atheist. So they don't believe that there is a god. So there is no divine intervention. There is no metaphysical thing, supernatural happening here. So this is a complete fraud, a lie. But for someone that believes in a supernatural way, this is something that had to happen. So why is a virgin birth particularly important to the Christian faith? We're moving away from the atheistic view. To to, me, I'm thinking, like, how can a holy Savior come from a child out of wedlock? Like come from something that was sinful to begin with to me like that just doesn't add like that doesn't add up at all and go the extra mile of just like that that gets him out of like the the clutches of original sin like he's not coming from sinful seed of man like that's i mean that's part of the prophecy and i mean that's that's another thing another inconsistency with uh, this meme trying to discredit the the virgin birth or talk about why it's bullcrap like given the fact that those prophecies existed and people were, were well aware that they were waiting on this this savior to come there absolutely were 
plenty of kids born out of wedlock that the mother probably claimed it was no this 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 is the messiah this now i never i never uh i never cheated on you honey like the, this the, this is the lord like absolutely 100 percent that happened several times but the thing is that kid never walked on water so <laughs> we didn't hear about those so it's i think a, a lot of it has to do with accumulation of evidence too of the the thing that we combine the Old Testament prophecies of validation of this event uh, in Bethlehem of a virgin birth coming and then after events of who this dude was that came out of this this womb you know I mean so there's a lot of credentials behind this virgin birth and so and it's one thing with the virgin birth I think that is very important is that for sin to be justly defeated it must be justly paid and we just like you said uh, that we are clearly to pay it, but the bill's too big for us to pay. So Jesus being fully man through the fertility of woman, but not corrupted through the sin of the seed of man. So that's one thing that's like he's flesh, but he is not uh, corrupted by the seed of Adam. He's the second Adam in the way that Adam should have been. And so here Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. And then a lot of times, like on the, the Mount of Transfiguration, that veil of, uh, of humanity was, was tilted away a little bit, and he's shown brightly and to show his divinity. And so here Jesus is, 100% God, 100% man, to do the will that we cannot accomplish, to, uh, to pay the sin debt that we clearly owe. And so here, here's, a, here's the thing when it comes to this meme, is that a lot of it, they're just assuming one particular event of a woman being pregnant pre-marriage and this this supernatural event of the holy spirit dwelling within her and and making her and impreg- impregnating her and a lot of i've seen some memes where it says that it, the holy spirit raped her but yet it was with her permission as well lord let your will be done it says so she's allowing this to happen to her and so here it is is that this meme, I think, is taking false assumptions of present, past, and future event of Christ's birth. Yeah, and I think a meme like that, it does require just an absolute refusal to, to understand biblical concepts. Like the, the issue, because I like to think about, uh, well, I guess like is a strong term, uh, but uh, when I think of uh, a meme like that, I think what kind of person makes that? Like what, what kind of person took time out of their day to make that circulate on the internet and think that like man I I really got those darn Christians like what what kind of mind comes up with that and unfortunately like, I I just don't know how one would reason with someone that thinks that that's something that you can get a Christian on like mm-hmm. that making that joke requires for one just such a lack of biblical knowledge like you, it misses the point entirely but that's just it's pitiful like I like to think about the the person behind the screen. Like how how broken do you have to be to to want to scrape that from the bottom? I think a lot of it a lot a lot of it, and this is one thing that um, that I think the atheists do get correct about God in the in the conversation when it comes to talking about religion, is that they do a good job at throwing down and tearing down the straw man version of God and and the weak points they, they they they're very good at showing the weak points of Christianity and of of religion and re- religiosity so but here i think what's happening with a lot of these memes is that a lot of it is rooted in bitterness and anger and just disdain against religious people and especially Christianity which we're focusing on specifically here is that they deny any proof or evidential uh information about a certain topic that they ignore it and it sounds so bad that when you look at it it's like oh wow that's stupid that's dumb but in reality i think we need to not be we need to look at these memes and look at these atheists and talk to them it's like okay let's talk about this it's not respond the way that they want us to respond out of anger and like you know let's put your dukes up we're gonna fight you know we need to Respond Christ-likely and have a conversation over this. Yeah. Respond with love. Nice. All right. I guess one of mine's up. So I have a very, like, 2005-ish meme. It's what it really looks like. Does <laughs> yeah. it not? It really does. It's it looks one. so Those bad. multicolored backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty simple. We have the big image of what 
I will assume is white God. I don't I don't know. Daddy God. You, yeah. you mean to tell me that God ain't a human being and isn't white? Because that mean, sounds like heresy to me. I mean, I don't know. Take it how you will. So it's pretty simple. So we have the top text is, I made you that way. And the bottom text is, I hate you because of it. <laughs> I made you that way, and I hate you because of it. So God's saying that. Uh, yeah. Th- so the whoever made this is trying to say that God is just looking down. And it's like, hmm, yeah, I made you that way, and I hate you for it. Like it's your fault or something. I don't know. So this can be taken a lot of ways, but I guess in 2021 society, this would be looked at mostly as like homosexuals and stuff or just anything that would deal with really any type of sin. But, I mean, that's just the one that really gets thrown out there the the most of it. The biggest problem I have with it, well, I really have a problem with both of it, but the second part is, okay, sure, say you were made however, whatever, but to say that God hates you, that just rubs me the wrong way. That's my big thing. Like, who's... Who said that God hates you? Yeah. Like that's that's my big catch up there. I mean you can sure you can argue all you want that that's how you are, that's how you are, that's how you're wired. Fine. I'll argue with you for a few minutes. But to say that God hates you because of anything, that's just a complete lie. Because I mean you look at the biggest biggest, most popular verse in the Bible, and that's gonna shut it down right there. For God so loved the world. I man. That goes to another meme of the seagull yelling. There you go, Matthew. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I think uh, I think where people a lot of, a lot of a lot of times people get that is from the conversation that we had uh, last episode with the Old Testament is that it's a very you know blood bloody event and occurrence that went on the Old Testament and a lot of people would say well God hated hates those people and God hates everyone and, and wanted them destroyed. Like, I mean we're talking about like bashing kids against the rocks basically. And which, I mean, with, when the context is clear, no, that's not the case at all. God gives every chance of redemption. And it says in Jeremiah that God, he hates punishment. And the thing is, though, when it, when it, when it says that God hates you, that is exactly the opposite of the way that God uh, speaks in the Old and the New Testament. James says that God is love. And when we talk about God in in himself, that God is completely good. And so anything apart from good is of evil. And so God, he says he hates you. I don't think he hates anybody. There's not one person that he hates. In my opinion, I don't think he even hates Satan. If you want in reality, I think he hates what he does. I think he hates, and and it goes back to the the, the cliche Christianese sayings or whatever that, you know, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin, you know. I know you're cringing because we, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. But the thing is, though, I mean, God doesn't hate his creation, but he hates what it's become in the sense that, but then that's why he sent Christ to redeem it. Oh, I didn't go that far. doesn't hate what it's become. He uh, hates what it's doing. Doing. Okay. Well, yeah. Just just to make sure we don't get caught up on there the semantics go. there. Yeah. Well, you are what you become. Well, yeah. What you, you know, mean? you are what you eat. You know, yeah, it's like uh, when Paul says that he 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 is not capable of doing uh, what he wants to do because the flesh uh, does what he does not want to do. Like he there, he goes in this whole tirade. I can't remember uh, which uh, book it's in, but it's this acknowledgement that that we as humans are incapable of good. Like all that we do is bad, as much as we want to do good. Um, so isn't it awesome that despite that inherent unholiness god would come to earth flesh and blood and die for our sins i i struggle to think of how that translates to hate in any way form or fashion which again this this is another one of those memes that really just relies on a lack of biblical education i mean i'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb that the person that made this has no interest in having a biblical conversation but if this person was open-minded enough to look at Scripture and see what these the, the rules that these Christians live by, it would be apparent pretty quickly that uh, the fact that the Bible is as thick as it is, for one, it doesn't go, like, it doesn't end when Eve takes the apple and then when, uh, when Adam take, uh, partakes of the fruit as well. Like, God didn't just strike them dead and go, all right, we're, we're going to start this over with two people that suck less. No, he stuck with it because he loved them. So let's talk about, like, the... The implication here of one reason why this meme was probably made was because of the gay community and the gay conversation is that 
God made me gay, so that's why he hates me, you know? And that's the, and that's probably what that meme is kind of going towards. So the you know, people that, you know, that are that are gay, they're saying, you know, I am who I am, that I am gay, and guess what? God made me made me this way, so he hates me. So God hates hates me because he made me gay. So here, here's the conversation: God doesn't hate you because you have same sex attraction. He doesn't hate anyone, like we said before. But the thing is that once you act upon that sin and you are when you are disregarding the love of God and placing you superior of God and disacknowledging Him, that's when it becomes sinful, that you love yourself more than that you love God. You know, when we talk about in, when, uh, when Jesus says, you know, in Luke, uh, Jesus says, you know, you cannot follow me unless you hate your family, you hate your sons, you hate your daughters, you hate your mother, even though that's not in a literal sense. He's, t- he's speaking in a figurative sense of like, you've got to love me more than anything else. Come follow me. I should be first in your life. And so even though this is not uh, a, a biblical relationship of same-sex attraction, there is a way to redeem the brokenness in our lives that God loves that, that he loves taking the brokenness of people and the broken hearts and molding it into something beautiful, constructive, and something that God can say, for this I'm well pleased, for it is good. And in that sense, Yes, he loves to take the brokenness of people, the 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 same sex attraction in the gay community, or uh, a, a porn addiction, or to alcohol and drugs. He likes to take in the brokenness of people, and redeeming it and making it into something beautiful. Yeah, which I mean, goodness, this this is an episode all by itself. But gay people they get picked on quite a bit by the Christian community because like. Unfortunately for them, their sin is on full display for all to see. It's not very easy to hide. Uh, whereas all the sins in our lives are pretty easy to sweep under the rug so we can act like they're not there. And it's even easier to not only act like our sins aren't there, but point our fingers at those whose sins are not so easy to sweep under the rug and say, hey, you got a problem here. And that's where I think that stigma comes from, of uh, this belief that that Christians are just out here wanting to condemn the gays to hell. And, of course, there are plenty of, uh, I would say, heretical Christians that do that because that's, that's not biblical uh, behavior there. So there is, unfortunately, some accurate criticism of Christianity with that meme, but the meme itself is not rooted in truth. That's where the can... atheist, I think that the atheists do get it uh, somewhat right, that they point fingers at the poor, the, the hypocritical, such as the Westboro Baptist Church, which, oh, they love hating on anyone that, is not of their beliefs. Yeah. So, but at the same time, we can't just point our fingers at them and say they're the ones that are doing the whole Bible thing wrong. There's there's plenty of Christians in our backyard that probably think in that way, but they just don't say it out loud all the time. So, uh, again, I think the way that we uh, finished talking about the first meme here, you got to you got to respond with love. Like that's, I mean, that's really the key to all this. Respond with love, and that meme exists because I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say there's a Christian out there that didn't respond with love when they mm-hmm. should have. So, yeah. Don't really don't think you made them that way, but sure, as what my Bible tells me, <laughs> do not think that God hates you. Yeah. So, there you go. Meme debunked. The next one we have to look at is uh, unique in the way that not only is it a criticism of some... I wouldn't even go so far as to say as a Christian belief, it is a criticism of Christianity and the person that made its eyes, I'm sure. But it does actually tackle a belief that I think some Christians might have without realizing it. I think so. Like it's, a, it's an inaccuracy that I think a lot of people grow up believing without realizing. So, so let's, let's go over it, Tanner. How about you describe So uh, this? this meme has a dude scratching his head confused, and the statement is confusing. Uh, but it says, okay, why is Satan evil? If he punishes the evil. Hmm, a conundrum here. So, uh, the meme of Satan and hell is uh, the one I titled this one because the, it correlates uh, the relationship between Satan and hell. So, this meme is running off the basis of what culture has portrayed uh, the relationship between Satan and hell. So, most of culture thinks, and I think this is, I think this is safe to say, most of culture, um, they portray that Satan's dominion is hell. And he is literally 
a little red guy with a pitchfork and horns coming out of his head and a little little windy tail and he's sitting on his throne scheming and plotting different ways to torture us and to 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 make us scream in agony and burn and stuff like that so this is you know hypertrophied with pop culture with movies and TV shows like Family Guy, Simpsons, and other stuff like that, and other cartoons that place a false caricature on Satan. And I think this is a false reality of who Satan really is and what hell exactly is. So what does the Bible say about all this? And, I mean, did you all ever grow up, I mean, did, was this even preached? Did, did, I mean, what did you all grow up thinking Satan was who he was. Was this like an educated thing that y'all grew up with, or would you think that y'all assumed that Satan was this something you saw in Looney Tunes? Well, I was brought up with a pretty solid understanding that Satan wasn't exactly living in paradise. Uh, I mean, I I can't say this factually because I mean I can't tell you what my belief on Satan has been since birth, uh, but I don't think I've ever had. The, uh, the belief that Satan's like this king on his throne or anything like that. I mean, I've had varying levels of concern about um, his ability to be an enemy to me. Like, having the, uh, the thought that like Satan is actively like on earth. Like, I, I've had that belief growing up. Uh, and of course, that was set straight over time. Uh, but I'm not sure that I ever held the opinion that like hell was his, his kingdom. You was, grew up in church, right? You're not the one yeah. to ask. I'm, I'm indoctrinated. Yeah, indoctrination here. But I mean, I, th- I think you see it all, all within pop culture as like the polar opposites of Jesus and God being on the throne up in heaven and Satan and his demons being on the throne in hell. I mean, you see it all the time. So what does the Bible say about punishing evil? Like, does Satan even play a role in this? So what is evil? Yeah, exactly. So what does the Bible say? So firstly, we need to understand that sin anticipates evil. In the face before a just and holy God, which we, which Scripture, uh, it's constantly, constantly says that God is just and God is holy, we fall short of His justice and we usher in evil all the time. Nothing can good come from the human heart, uh, and it says it's divinely, divisively wicked. And in Psalms eighty nine verse fourteen, it says that God sits on the throne of justice. Uh, Isaiah 61, 8, it says that God loves justice, that he wants to see evil and sin to, to be put in its place, to be judged, because he wants things to be set right. And Scripture only gives evidence that the final justice is to be in the hands of God. Uh, secondly, with, with that, Satan has greatly fallen short as well, just as we have of that mark of righteousness with an unrepentant heart. So, Faces He also faces the judgment of God and is placed under fire instead of being on the firing squad as this meme is portraying uh, Satan dealing the punishment and dealing the judgment instead of God dealing the judgment uh, of, of evil. Um, and thirdly, I'd like to make mention is that we need to see that God doesn't revel in the punishment of sinners, uh, but he must execute the judgment because if he didn't, then he wouldn't be good. He wouldn't be fair. He wouldn't be just. And so God doesn't separate himself from us because of our sin. We separate ourselves from him. Henceforth, we place ourselves in the plight of penalty, in the pathway of judgment, pathway of the judgment of evil. Satan doesn't punish us. We punish our own daggum selves. We or, choose. And we're being punishment. punished along with Satan. Yes. So I... That's that's the biggest thing that like it just misunderstands Satan's responsibility in the first place. Like Satan's not on first name terms with God these days. Like that's it's just it's not it. Like well, in, the, that, in the courtroom of Job, he walks in his courtroom and says, accuses Job. Come on, uh, that's it's this, on last name basis. It it kind of like uh, speaks to the yin yin and yang terms, I guess. Like well, no, that wouldn't even work because that still acknowledges that like Satan bad, God good. Like that's that's treating Satan as like. Equal being, terms. Being, There's no equal terms. Being God's homie, he's he's just the jailer. That's just his job. It's like it's like Hades in the the Greek pantheon. Like Hades isn't the nicest dude in the world, but he's he's just over there doing his job. He's he's another god that you gotta worship, and that's just it's not it's not how that functions. So bad meme, bad meme. Do better. Do better. One out of ten. New meme. So we have Jesus holding a uh, little boy. 
And it says, Jesus is saying, do you see that man over there, Timmy? Jesus is holding little Timmy. And little Timmy responds and says, yes, Jesus, I see him. And then we, Jesus just writes a big paragraph and says, that's the man that murdered you and your family while you were sleeping. He repented for, he repented and asked for forgiveness. Now he's here in paradise with us. Go say hello. Okay, first, uh, objection. Um, that's clearly not Jesus because that dude is white. <laughs> Pretty dang sure that is an inaccurate depiction. And that alone is a heresy. So, uh, point of order, this meme technically doesn't exist. And plus two, calling your son Timmy, that should be a sin in itself, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I love you, Timmy's. Timmy's elect. Poor Timmy's elect. <laughs> I don't know if they elected to be Timmy's, but... It's predestined. <laughs> so, what, what's so what, what's so bad about this meme? I mean, okay, first... I don't know. I just, I have a lot of things with this one. One, do we have white Jesus? Two, do we have little baby Timmy as baby Timmy? Like, is that a thing? Or do they become, like, what age? This is just the one thing that people always talk about. I mean, that's not necessarily an issue with it. The issue with it is pointing out terrible times upon heaven. Or, like, during your time in heaven. What in the world did I just say? Terrible times in heaven? Terrible times on earth. Let That's me the name go of this back. episode, Terrible Times in Heaven. <laughs> that sounds like a bad metal song. That is a... <laughs> terrible times on earth. Pause. It's because they're in heaven is why I said that. I'm writing that down. Terrible times in heaven is the no. name of this episode. <laughs> so, listener, when you get to this point, that's why this episode is called Terrible Times in Heaven. I don't have a pen on me. Good. Dang it. Hey. All right, whatever. <laughs> My mess ups will. I went a long time without something stupid like that. Dadgummit. It, had, so here, here, it had to happen eventually. But yes, terrible times uh, while on earth. So basically, Jesus is bringing back pretty much, I mean, literally when this kid and his family got killed on earth. And it's like, oh yeah, you remember when that happened? So, first off, to say that Jesus. Or that to say that we'll even have those memories, I got a problem with anyway. But the fact that Jesus is going to come up to you and point out, oh yeah, that's the dude that killed you. Uh, go talk to him. Like, see, here's the thing. Who's to say that you won't remember that 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 will not be something that will be acknowledged? Because then, if the dude did repent and became a believer, then we can we can rejoice in the fact that he went from a murderer. To, a re, to being someone that's redeemed, such as Paul. So we can look at Paul and be like, one reason we can see such the drastic change is because he killed Stephen, and he was his charge of the people that killed Stephen and stoned him, and he charged other Christians and put other Christians in prison and probably killed a couple of Christians before he was redeemed from a murderer to a missionary. And so they look at that meme as in a negative sense of like oh little timmy you see little jeffrey dahmer over there that killed your family he's a christian now go say hello to poke fun and that anyone could be redeemed but to me as a christian i find joy in that redemption of someone that is a murderer which take it for granted a lot of people think well that's a stupid that's a stupid faith a stupid belief in religion that anyone can be saved i mean but then you're putting a, uh, a, a spectrum of, of good and evil. That's saying that, okay, well then, you must be good. And so your value is far higher than the one that has someone that's done bad and has done bad things such as murder and, and rape and incest and all that stuff. They're low down here. But I'm sorry, God can redeem anyone that has faith and believes in him. Yeah, we don't believe in karmic justice over here. Yeah, only, I got it. only God's perfect justice. I get that, I do. But since I've already had one mess up, might as well make it two. I'm gonna play a Matthews advocate. What'd you just call me? <laughs> just because you like to oppose or whatever. So this kid very obviously looks pre age of accountability. I mean the kid looks like he's three. I mean, I'll just go ahead and show you because we're going off the meme. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do is go off the meme. So let's say, I mean, sure, yeah, he killed little three-year-old Timmy and his parents, but his parents didn't go to church. So his parents aren't in heaven. So like Jesus is pointing out, like, yeah, this man here is the reason, like, you get to come, but it's, he's also the reason, like, your parents 
aren't here. So... But the meme doesn't say that. But I can see where you're going for, from there. And when it, talk, when it talks about that scripture that, that, you know, he'll wipe away your tears, there'll be no more sadness, no more pain, no more suffering. Which, I mean, wiping away your tears is metaphorical. He's not going to actually wipe away your tears. I mean, that's just saying that there will be no more pain and suffering and uh, no more turmoil in the new earth and the new kingdom. So with that being said, will you know that your parents were punished because of their sin and they did not believe? No. Well, say, and, and that's so. that's what I'm saying. That's my issue with this to begin with, anyway. Because I mean, yeah, while it is great that a murderer repented and made it to heaven, um, it's not going to be pointed out that like, oh yeah, he's the that guy over there is the one that killed you and your parents. Yeah, the that meme hinges on taking an imperfect human morality and trying to place it over God's perfect morality. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not even morality; it's just, it's just straight up justice. So that's, I mean, that's one big uh, part part of it. Like, I'm I'm very glad that that's not how God's judgment works. It's like, oh, you you killed someone. Well, that ranks a nine on the centimeter, and once you hit seven and a half, there's no hope for you. <laughs> the so, centimeter. Uh, yeah, we we, we stopped the whole free will thing a while back because uh, heaven was getting a little too filled up. So now we go by the centimeter. <laughs> Peter's waiting it to get like oh. a breathalyzer. <laughs> Every five years that you're addicted to porn equals one. So we got a lot of people weeded out. Just seventy times seven. Peter took forever to count that up. You know, so I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's that's not how God's justice works, and thankfully so. So that's a yeah, another bad meme. Try better next time. Debunked. So the next one we have um, has some roots in a an episode that we've done before talking about uh, versions of the Bible. And I think we touched on the, uh, the fight that, that Christians have uh, over different versions of Scripture, but this, of course, takes it in a very radical different direction. So, Tanner, how about you uh, give us the lowdown on this next meme? So this one, uh, the picture shows a bookshelf of different versions of NIV, NSAB, CSB, King James Version, NIV, and all that stuff. And the caption below it says, only lies need multiple versions. And I found this to be the probably the dumbest one out of all of these. Because there is no basis in a thought, a well-thought-out process and studied topic of Bible translations and Bible versions. They just subjectively observe that there are different Bible translations. And they automatically and blindly assume that, that they cannot agree on one thing. And so, well, that law is over here. You know, they're just lying about this to get the truth. You know, we don't believe in anything, so we're just making a version of our own. So when they say version, they're saying that it's a different thing altogether. So they're blindly assuming that they do not, I don't want to say collaborate, because then that's saying that they're different, but yet correlate, that they're the same daggum thing. Yeah. Okay. And before we get into the nitty-gritty on this, I would just like to point out that that's like the dumbest blanket statement that you could apply to like this concept. Because like I see, I see what their argument is. Like I see what they're trying to get across. But saying only lies need multiple versions is about the worst way to get that across. Because for one, you apply that statement to literally anything else, doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's like saying that the operating system on your phone is a lie because it gets updated every year. That that's like saying that uh the uh, like that multi-part encyclopedia that you saw in the library at school growing up, that that thing was wrong because they had different versions of that. Like, that, no, like th- that argument holds no water everywhere else. Science is a lie by that definition because theories get updated all the stinking time. Like that, you could turn that right back around on the person that said it. Like that, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty weak. Yeah, it's a bad faith argument to begin with. So here's the reality of, of the things: the dif- the difference in translation is not a problem for the message of the text. Because if you take all these translations, uh, you know, say for a, a few of them, such as the New World Translation or the Book of Mormon, which is not even included or whatever. So these obscure books, you know, people, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of atheists and agnostics would group all, some of these Bibles into the these versions. Uh, but these translations have the same message. The message is that Jesus is God, and God loves us and came down to fight for us and to destroy sin and destroy death by on the cross and raising it on the third day. So this message is the same in all the translations, okay? And 
the the differences that we see are based upon three progressive goals that when it comes to translators. And the first one that I think these translators are trying to do, the reason why we have multiple versions, is that number one, is that there are manuscripts that have been found in the past and being discovered and are still being found to proofread the text, to make sure we know what it says. And so there's always like updates. Okay, we're just making sure that this says that instead of this. You know, I mean, something small, a punctuation. Because if you look at Hebrew and you look at Greek, there's punctuations that don't really, uh, it, it doesn't make the message muddy, but yet the more translations you get that has punctuation or doesn't have punctuation, it basically comes clear as you put the puzzle pieces together. So more manuscripts are being found. Secondly, language is always changing. You know, over time, if you go back to 5th and 2nd century, English wasn't even really a thing back then. And so English saying that it is the standard now just as much as it was in 5th and 6th century is a law. That's not even true. So language is ever evolving. And so we got to keep up with that update of language as well. And thirdly, I think the, the main reason why we have different uh, versions goes back to what the Great Commission was to disperse uh, the, the gospel, to disperse the language of God. Is, is that they took the message of God and it has no limit to English, that it has no limit to, to Latin, to Greek, to Hebrew, that it is meant to be adapted to cultures and, and languages as well. And so that's why you have uh, uh, a pidgin version, uh, the Hawaiian pidgin version. You've got uh, a, a Haitian version. You've got a Creole. You've got uh, French. You've got different languages that have... That, that is of the Bible, different versions, if you want to say, to get the message out, to get what God is saying to the common man. Yeah, and I think translation is definitely a better word to use, uh, even though these Bibles do say version, like the, it's the KJV, the King James Version, the ESV, the English Standard Version. Uh, but as we discussed on our pretty extensive uh, like history of the Bible episode, some of the first official, I'm saying that with quotes because, well, we, we went over that. You can go back to that episode if you want to have the explanation of why I'm putting air quotes around it. Uh, official English translations of the Bible came out almost 200 years before the dictionary became a thing. So a lot of it just comes down to, like again, like you said, Tanner, language evolves. Like the original languages of the, the original Old and New Testament, those languages don't translate one-to-one -to, -one to English. So there's absolutely room to look at certain verses and be like, okay, well, in the context of this word here, we could make this say this, uh, or it could, it could possibly mean this. So you'll have a version that says that this word should be this, another version that says, no, that, that word could probably be this instead of this context, but the same message is there. Like, the message isn't changed through these uh, differences in translation. It, it's mostly just readability. You do, realize that, you do realize that the Bible is being translated every time you read it. Hey, man. So, I mean, every time you're reading Scripture, it's being translated to you. And then to preachers or teachers, you're translating it back to the people. So translation has, is, being go, is going on constantly uh, in the human mind and the human heart. And so this is just a, a, a very poor, very, very poor meme uh, to show, to try to poke holes in the Christian faith, but in reality, that they, the, whoever made this, lacks the study and thought out process of biblical translations. Yeah, they probably never opened a Bible before because you could figure out pretty quickly that, like, these different versions of the Bible, they say the same thing, just with varying levels of uh, difficulty and comprehension. <laughs> True. All right, it's time for Scary Freddy. I don't know, I thought I was going to say Scary Terry, but it's Freddy Cougar. But Timmy? Did Timmy. he get Timmy? Is that is that the serial killer? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Freddy Cougar made it to heaven, guys. <laughs> I mean, if he repented. In theory. We found Freddy, boys. All right. <clears throat> we have, of course, the scary picture of Freddy and then our beloved words that we shall talk about. Saying you should worship Jesus just in case you die and he does exist is like saying you shouldn't go to sleep just in case Freddy exists. I'm going to give you all just a second. And let's talk about how this is one of the dumbest comparisons I think I've ever heard. So 
Jesus is Freddy Krueger. Is that what they're trying to say? I think so. And and the reason I actually like say I think so is because I actually think that they have a connection because the only way that this meme even makes sense is because they're they believe that Jesus I mean, we are talking about atheists after all. They believe Jesus is just a made up character. Now most atheists will I would assume most atheists, I know some anyway, I'll say some will say that Jesus existed but was just a regular person. Because, I mean, there is too much historical proof about Jesus to say that him being a fictional character, that just can't stand because there's too much historical proof. But that's the only way that this meme can make sense because Freddy Cougar is a fictional character made by humans. Tell that to 11-year-old me. Uh, Yeah. I was scared to fall asleep. Now I can I can see where they might come from this because I've seen and I think this is kind of a deep it roots back into a little bit of uh, atonement to us is that you know scaring people into salvation as well it's like you know you should only believe in Jesus because you know if you don't you're gonna burn forever and all of eternity uh, comparative of what you know eternal eternal conscious torment people would tell you you know scaring you into salvation. Like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see where they're going because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. That's the only way that it makes sense, at least to me, is because that they are believing that Jesus is a fictional character. Excuse me, I had strawberries in my mouth. That's on. exactly what they're trying to say. They're, they're saying that they're trying to say that Jesus is a fictional character. You're responding by you're responding to a fictional character out of fear. It sounds like so. So it seems like the gist of the meme is saying they're comparing. Jesus and Freddy and saying that they're both fictional characters and we should respond as like anyway, if we're going to respond fear. to one you got to respond to the others what they're trying yeah, to say so if you believe in Freddy which is based on these you know B rated f- horror films classics uh, they're B rated they're awful uh, <clears throat> they're corny as crap man come on I mean Freddy coming out of the TV screen they're corny but anyways classics are corny what the crap are you talking about true true uh, but saying Correlating, oh, we shouldn't go to sleep at a fictional character is is the same thing of like, oh, you should believe in Jesus because you know, you won't die and go to hell. You're you're correlating something that is of true fiction versus something that actually has lividity behind it, that it has some type of evidence out there to to give faith in. And that's one thing. Like, I hate the statement I put. And I posted this question on the Facebook of like, is there such thing as blind faith? I don't think it exists. My faith is based upon evidence of what I've seen, what I've read, and how I've felt of who Christ is, who God is, how the Holy Spirit has talked and discerned through me. So there's no such thing as blind faith. And that relationship between Freddy Krueger being a complete fictional character in Christ that I believe because it is not blind, that I see the evidence and I believe to trust that evidence is very faulty in, in the comparison that it gives. So, I mean, I, I definitely disagree with, I mean, I, I do disagree with the statement, but the the way that they're trying to portray it, to me, is uh, very weak. That, and this this goes back to me trying to get inside the head of the, the person behind the screen that made this. Uh, this idea that you would believe in Jesus because what if he does exist and you die and go to hell like that that fear-based thing like that's that's not how a relationship with Jesus is supposed to work in the first place so and again I know that chances are this person is just some angsty teen that wanted to tick off some some Christians online make so an edgy meme we'll wh- whip that up to to get a nice little comic sec uh, section stirred up um, but maybe this person like is saying this kind of out, of out of pain. Like maybe they were under the impression that they had to believe in this Jesus character or they would die and go to hell. And that, that's a failure on, on a Christian's part. Like that, that goes back to um, not acting in love. Like there, there might have been a very real problem there. So I think it's important um, when we approach uh, these people, like, yes, it needs to be established that um, like hell is real, but that, that's not the kind of stuff that you lead with. Like, you're, you're here to deliver the good news. I think uh, our pastor, Seth, I think he might have done a, a sermon on this. Him or Jonathan Locklear? I'm, I don't know. That's, it's easy to get them too confused, I suppose. But uh, about trying to, to get people 
to believe in scripture, believe in God by, by these fear-based campaigns. Be like, you need, you need to believe in God or you're going to burn in hell forever. Like, that's, that's not a very good, it's not, it's not a good marketing lead. Yeah, like, that's, how, that's how I got Lacey. Marry me or you'll live alone with cats forever. I mean, that, <laughs> that's how you it get worked. Women. It worked. <laughs> that's how you get women, guys, just, just for hints. Just threaten them mercilessly. But, I mean, we have good news to give people. Like, you can, you're going to live forever. But you can live forever in paradise. Like, that, that's pretty cool. Or even better, there's uh, this Savior that loves you. That's pretty cool. Like, the, there's a lot of uh, good news to talk about. Why, why lead with the, the bad stuff that just not, not a good marketing tactic? You should follow Jesus because you want to, not because of the rewards that you get and not because of the punishment that you will not receive. But you should follow him because it's the truth. Oh yeah, agreed. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking about marketing tactics, like that's that's about the worst one to pick. That that'd be the last one to pick on the list. Yeah. So, again, uh, survey says bad meme. Try again. Zero out of ten. But hopefully, this episode of cross training has been a ten out of ten for you. I hope, or at least well, seven out of ten, better than average. Decent enough. Decent. It's been it survives. Weird. I mean, we're talking about pictures, like you said, over an audio. Yeah. I mean, Matthew did uh, screw up on the intro, so, you know. I'm terribly sorry. But again, this we, has been we all over that, the place. Uh, if this episode accomplished anything, uh, the, these memes that, that you'll see on the internet, like, they do come from a real place of trying to, to criticize Christianity, to po- poke holes in our faith. And it's important to, to have uh, a structure uh, to, your, to your faith, knowing why these things are wrong, why these are lies. It's important to, to know specifically why these are incorrect, why, why these are just stupid things you're going to so, see on the internet. Yeah, so when these memes pop up in your feed or whatever, don't be fearful of them. Like, oh, oh man, that, you got me good. Think about it, you know, because, I mean, this these questions could arise in reality, and you need a response. You need to have a response to your faith, a defense, an apolog- apologetic, apologia for your faith. And so when it comes down to it, don't be scared of these. Know what they say and know what, what people's hearts are and conversate with this. Yeah. And while you're conversating with them, conversate with us. Because as always, you can find us on our social media. As, as always, it'll be in the show notes. And until next time, Tanner, how about you hit us with those magic words? The pizza, boy! <laughs> okay. All right.